It's TSN 1290, The Wayne. Big Marv is my name, and I am so honored to have such a legend in studio with me. The world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. What's up, brother? How you been, man? Oh, man, I am so excited right now. Greg, uh, thank you for hooking me up. Greg, of course, is the uh, creator of the comic book Rumble Sport, Road to Ragnarok, and it's something that you're a big part of, man. How did you get hooked up with such a cool concept of a comic? Well, first of all, um, Dez, my business partner, um, you know, he's always looking for opportunities. People contact us through our um, website, and so we get quite a bit of uh, things coming our way. So he just he came across and started uh, a conversation, and one thing led to another, and we got sent the um, actual script of what the comic book was, and I started to read it. And immediately, as soon as I started to read it, I started getting this, um, I don't know, this deja vu, like, wait a minute. I mean, like, <laughs> wow, this stuff is happening, and it's already happened, you know? And not quite to the futuristic type of, because uh, it's more like this fantasy thing that, that mm-hmm. we're trying to bring out. And as I started reading it, um, immediately I started to try to put my creativity on it, you know? I'm mm-hmm. trying to, to, to bring my personality to this role uh, and to the characters uh, of this Rumble, Ken Shamrock, Rumble Sports. So as I started to read it and start looking at it, I started thinking about things going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, man, this, this stuff can really fit right into when you talk about um, leadership and people trying to take over and telling you that you can't stand up and protest and do all these things that, that is basically a constitutional right. People are angry and frustrated about what's going on in the world and the things that people are able to say to other people when they're in power um, that other people aren't allowed to say to people, you know, so... To me, I thought, wow, this is great because now you got this these these fighters, right? Mm-hmm. And you got the futuristic, the kind of a futuristic type setting, and uh, they're fighting. And because of the things going on in the world, even like today, where there's there's chemicals being put out in the air, and and all these scientists that are trying to create these different superfoods and super animals and superhuman beings, and that they they mess up the DNA, you know. And all yeah. of a sudden, in the world starts to change a little bit. Now you got deformation, and people are all screwed up. And but some of them. Uh, hey, develop these special powers, like superhero mm-hmm. powers. And a lot of these guys go into this fighting and this MMA fighting. And so now, and just like the world that we live in today, think about MMA fighters having superpowers. Mm-hmm. They'd be able to protect the people and, you know, really get out there and do the things that they want to do. So for me, this, this comic character kind of um, almost gives us an opportunity to play with the characters and play with the, the type of things that are going on in the world today and really bring out people who want to try to fantasize a little bit about being angry and, and having some revenge against the people that are trying to take over. And in the comic book, it's the NGO. So and what is that? The National or the, the National um, Global Organization. Yep. Um, I always get that one wrong. <laughs> the National Global Organization. Yeah. I wanted to say the U.S. of A. <laughs> so as they go in and start trying to take over all these things, now these superheroes, you know, the mm-hmm. MMA fighters, you're, you've got these superpowers. are like saying, nah, man, these are our people. We're going to protect these people because you guys are trying to come in and, and say you're protecting them. But what you're really doing is, is you're taxing them and taking their money and making them slaves. And so that's where these superheroes come in. And that's where these people get behind them because they watch them fight just like they do mm-hmm. today when they watch them fight they become kind of these heroes to them so now in this this futuristic world we get to actually play with these characters and make them what these people see us as wow that if that doesn't sell you already on <laughs> rumble sport the comic i don't know what does but it's great because it's more than like when i first did just initial 
uh, just scratching the surface of what this comic is, I found out that it it's like a futuristic MMA with these kind of like you know deformed like hulking monsters and like that's interesting on its own but to hear that it's also has you know themes that that fit what's going on in society now and the futuristic type of things like you know it makes me even more excited about the comic that we're we're gonna get and what's what's interesting is i i just look because i like comics and i like fighting here's yeah here's a comic <laughs> i like sci-fi here's one that combines all these things it it what really made me want to connect with greg over here is uh, is just the comic alone? The fact that it's connected to Ken Shamrock made me go, "What? Yeah, What's power. going on that's here?" Power. Yeah, we're we're excited to be a part of it. And like I said, when I first started to read it and get into the character, you know, he he came up with the creation of it. But mm-hmm. like one thing I loved about it was that when when they allow me to be able to go in and take. Uh, 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 the control of a character and and, and a storyline and be able to kind of throw my personality into it and some of the issues that I feel are, that st- strongly about and be able to, to to kind of mix them in there and create stories uh, for these characters and things like that man it's for me it was a true blessing to get involved and be able to be a part of it and as you can tell everywhere I go I talk about uh, Ken Shamrock Rumble Sport mm-hmm. I get excited because I, I see an opportunity to be able to let people I'm um, almost go into this fantasy world and vent frustration that's happening to them in the world today yeah and it's uh it's such a great like creative concept and you're you're also like now putting your own creative spin on it i I think this is like kind of like also giving fans that that know you as the world's most dangerous man and know he is this like you know world beater inside the cage will also see kind of that creative side of it too and does that really attract you to this project it does because it it really uh, lets me like i said be able to put my personality into it because if 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 uh these guys think that highly of me and that they they thought of me to come in and actually do this part um i feel honored um, but with that comes me, my personality and the person that I am. They've got to allow me to try to spread my wings a little bit, get comfortable with the character, get comfortable with the other characters, and try to have a relationship with all these characters. And then as we move into the story, we all develop different types of relationships, good and bad. And uh, and we go from there. So um, I'm really blessed to be able to be a part of it and be able to have um, some creativity with the storylines. Tough and smart. Yeah, huh? What? Tough and smart. You, you know what, what's the thing is, it's just hearing how uh, passionate both of you guys are, and both of you are tough, rough, you know, guys. Mofos. But you're, <laughs> but you're also like, but you're also like have this creative side, and, and just to see how passionate you are, make just makes me so excited to actually, you know, get on for go to the comic store and buy the comic when it comes out. We feed off each other too. I mean, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe when we started talking, collaborating. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe how. Uh, you know how much Ken had to offer on an imaginative level. He was he was like adding things, adding th- stuff to the theme, and and really really bringing the comic to life. And I'm going, wow, yeah. And now I can really, as a writer, I can say, yeah, let's build this in. And he's like, yeah, let's build this in. So we're actually building a, a more in depth world, more three dimensional. Uh, characters and stuff so it's, it's really good right on that's our friend uh, uh, Greg Renton who we had on the show to talk about the comic originally uh, just adding his excitement here to to like oh, yeah. having Ken, Ken in town Ken part of the project uh, if you don't mind me kind of rewinding uh, it a little bit uh, to kind of like like I watched the you know the first couple UFCs and and you know I was in high school it was kind of scary to me <laughs> to be honest with you I'm like because I was used to you know, wrestling and like, oh, this looks really 
um, people are actually going to get hurt here. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you're one of really? the <laughs> early stars that, you know, but, but I think what really made an impact for me was because I was such a wrestling fan is, is and this, and my friends still talk about this to today, the ones who aren't, who are still into wrestling, but not into mixed martial arts. They swear that debut you had were, WWE Monday Night Raw said we're gonna have you know an exhibition with Ken Shamrock against this gentleman who nobody knew he was. It was Vernon White, this guy you train <laughs> with. So I know that the whole thing is a work, but my friends were like, I swear to you, that's that stuff's not fake. That he really beat that guy up, and to this day they'll still say that you really beat that guy up. Well, I have a story about that. Yeah, I, I did really beat him up. <laughs> bro, I, t- I told Vernon, I said, bro, we're gonna get rough. He goes, I go, I go, it's gonna be like training. He goes, oh. you mean you're going to hit me? I said, it's going to be like training. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. we went at it. <laughs> so, you guys did, because he actually yeah. bled open yes, and stuff. And, yeah. and my, my friends were like, did you see that? And they're like, look at the kids in the crowd. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> they were like, all like wide-eyed like this. You know what the parents were looking at going, <laughs> their were. mouth wide open eyes wide open they're like they can't do that but then you turn around the next match and there's a guy smacking another guy in the head with a chair but that's okay <laughs> in, in our minds those chairs have give on them right. no. your punches don't have give on them right. <laughs> well, they, you know what the, 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 the thing that really stood out to me in that moment was that people do realize what is real and isn't real because they, you see the parents thinking the chair shot's okay and five guys stomping on one guy guy in the ring and slamming him and throwing him out of the ring mm-hmm. but when you get a guy on the ground you punch him in the face and he starts to bleed that's not okay so, <laughs> yeah. so they understand I think in, uh, mentally I think people really do understand what looks real and what doesn't look real and that's why when you look at wrestling today Mm -hmm. and you look at things that are going on with the way wrestling is today Mm -hmm. that's why I think a lot of people are kind of falling away from wrestling because they even though they realize what's happening but they they, when they go there it's like watching a movie you realize all those are stunts but when you watch the movie you want to be taken into the reality Mm -hmm. of things that are happening and uh, so that's why the attitude there I believe was so popular was because people were taken in in the moment and they weren't thinking about whether or not it was real or not because it looked real yeah well you were part of the the biggest wrestling boom ever and i remember just be off of that match that started it all against vernon white like all of us sat there believing like at, th- at any point like not that you know in real life but in, at any point i think this guy could just like i'm not doing this wrestling stuff i'm gonna beat the crap out of this guy <laughs> <laughs> and we were i don't want to lose today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what honestly what we thought was gonna happen that i think that's what made it exciting Whenever you were gonna come here, some music hits and like, oh, here we go. He's gonna snap. <laughs> Throw a script away. Now, my question is because you've you've wrote both you you long time MMA, uh, you've done Pancrase in Japan, long time wrestling. Which uh, side has the craziest uh, off scene stories that we don't know about? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, there's one, and I won't go into it um, uh, because earlier in my career, man, it was pretty crazy. I mean, there was some, some. Well, you got to figure. I came from a, a background where I had nothing. I was living on the street at mm. one time, out of a car, and I got stabbed, and then I was put into a, a kid's group home, which, uh, protective services. And um, so uh, all the way through my life, I was definitely poverty. I didn't have anything. I was lucky to have a set of clothes to be able to get up in the morning and put on. Mm. So then all of a sudden, you know, you start climbing this this ladder in, in the group home and not in no- normal society, but in a group home and where I started to feel like I was a human being and that I meant something. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you look in the mirror and you're, you're famous. <laughs> and so it, that right there in itself, I think, that people don't realize is like, it's, it's like a drug. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you can't get off that drug and it's killing you because you can't stop it from rolling. You can't stop it from keep coming at you and just keep going. You wake up one morning, you don't even know what's real anymore. It's like all these people that are around you are around you because you got money. So it it, it really becomes an issue at a point in time. So uh, when people are actually coming up and, and, and being successful, the one thing they need to think about, um, my, my, my father told me this um, one time. He says, you know, a reality check uh, and the one that adopted me, he owned the group home. Mm. He said, the reality check is this. When you get, and, and everybody goes through that, if they, if you, you talk to people who just have been at the bottom and all of a sudden they've got a lot of money, they'll tell you the same thing. They get to a point where they feel numb mm. and like they don't know who's there for them. So my dad said, the one thing you need to understand and to be able to make a reality check is if you get up and you start feeling that way and things are just rolling out of control, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to say, okay, what is real? What, what is real about my life? And I remember he told me, he says, you need to pick somebody, anybody. It doesn't have to be me. It could be whoever that has been a part of your life since you've been a child. And you know that no matter what they say, it will always be the truth, even if it hurts. Those mm-hmm. are the ones you need to go to and ask, what am I doing wrong? Why do I feel the way I feel? And so that, that's really what grounded me when I got to that point was I went to him and I said, hey, Man, I, I, I'm so numb right now. It's like I don't have feelings for anything. I'm just going through life taking advantage of everybody. And I don't feel like I've, I'm grounded anywhere. And he said, you are, basically. He says, you need to slow down. You need to stop doing all these other things that you're doing. And you need to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's really when I started to turn things around was when he said, hey, this is out of control. So as a, as a, a perk there to, 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 to young people coming up and being successful and all those things, find that one person that you know will always ground you. Mm. And don't forget to watch Kim Shamrock's Rebel Spot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is because you got a, some flack when you took fights later on in your career, like Kimbo Slice fight, the uh, another fighter with Hoist Gracie, and people saying, what are you doing? Shouldn't you retire? And you brought up a good point. Some people, when they retire, they like golf. I don't like golf. I like fighting. Yeah. Is it? Are you still going to take fights? Um, I don't know about now, because <laughs> like I've always said, when, and when I did make those statements, I always <laughs> said, as long as I'm not going to jeopardize my health, mm. where I'm going to go in there and actually get myself hurt, because I have loved ones. I've got mm-hmm. children. i got a wife. i got a family. So, I, you know, yeah, I will continue to keep going in there as long as I don't jeopardize my health um, and taking the right fights. And as you guys seen the fights that I take, and they weren't number one contenders. They were guys mm-hmm. that I felt like if, if something was to happen, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was smart about it. I wasn't stupid. I wasn't going to go in there and fight the number one contender. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm mm-hmm. way, too, way too old for that. But I wanted to go out and have fun. And I enjoyed it. Hey, I was fighting and getting arrested for it <laughs> for fun. Right? And now they're going to pay me for it. And then I got somebody coming to me and telling me at 50 years old, you need to retire. You're too old for this. I'm looking at him going, but I'm still having fun. Why would I do that? I was like, they're going to pay me all this money to go have fun. You retire. I'm staying in the game. <laughs> do you like do you like Vitor Belfort's idea of a uh, Legends League? I do. I think that uh, <laughs> I think people 
love to watch their heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, it just as this this Rumble Sports coming out, and people want to fantasize and take themselves out of the reality of the world, just like people do when they go to movies. People have different things they do to, to take them out of all this stuff that's piling up around them and just be go through into this fantasy, this world that they can go into and have fun. And really, you know, that's kind of what, when I fight, right, when I get in the ring, that's my world. Yeah. That's where I enjoy myself. That's where I have fun. And that's where I'm, as long as I, and I said this before, as long as I'm able to go in there and somewhat be healthy and somewhat put on a great fight, I'll do it as long as I can. Yeah. I believe I'm at that point now where I'm on the border. The only fight I will take um, uh, and go into MMA and fight again would be the hoist fight because of the mm-hmm. way it ended. I thought mm-hmm. that was a shame and it was a disgrace and um, it's, a, it's a black mark on MMA mm-hmm. history. So if that one would happen, I would do it. But I am going to say this on the air because the <laughs> only way that it's ever going to happen is if I say it on the air. And mm. even then, I don't think it's going to happen because he's so scared of me, he won't even get in a ring with me. The fact is, he was so scared of me, he need me in the groin in order to get out of a fight. Mm. So anyways, that's the only person I will fight would be Hoist Gracie. One, because I don't believe that that fight should have ended like that and it should have never mm-hmm ever ended on a foul they should have given that another chance and they didn't so but hoist will never fight me i know this deep Mm. in my heart the reason why he did what he did was because he wanted out of that ring and that's the only way he could get out you heard Booyah! it here. You heard it here first. On the way in. Voice Gracie, it's up to you, man. <laughs> Look, okay, because I, I got to ask this. We do have a few prof- professional wrestling fans. Would you ever wrestle again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've done a, a many, many interviews um, and, and made my point about why I would do it again. I'm not going in to do it again because I want to go out and, you know, capture any more belts or anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Every organization I've been in, and there is a belt I want to capture, um, every organization I've been in, I've been four or five different organizations. Mm-hmm. I can't even count them, but I've always captured the world title, whatever it was in. Mm-hmm. I went into the pro wrestling, and I captured every title except for the WWE Heavyweight Championship belt. Mm. I believed I was in line to go do that. Some things happened um, that um, detoured them from really giving me that opportunity. Uh, no, I don't believe it was any fault of mine. It was just the associations that I was with because of the things that happened with Bret Hart mm. and Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that kind of detoured some things for me happening because, I'm, like I said, I'm one of the, the guys that Bret helped get started uh, into pro wrestling. So uh, I believe that hurt me. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe it didn't. I don't know. But I don't know for a fact because no one has told me. But I would definitely go back <laughs> into pro wrestling to get a shot at that heavyweight championship belt again. And, um, again, like I said, that's something that has eluded me. And uh, I was in line to go ahead and get a shot for it. I know I wrestled a couple times for it, but it was a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't a program. It worked a program to go in there and actually get a shot at that belt. And right now, with what they're doing with pro wrestling, they're bringing Kurt Angle back. Yeah. They got Brock Lesnar in there. Either one of those guys I'd love to beat the heck out of. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Angle stole your finisher. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that'd be a great match. Hey, I'll tell you what. Let's see who's the best ankle lock match. <laughs> Me or you. We'll go 30 minutes to see who gets it first. <laughs> I, I don't see good things happening for Kurt Angle on that one. Look, let's – and I'm so – happy that you came here to, to talk with us it, it's great the comic Rumble Sports Road to Ragnarok Ken Shamrock's Ken Shamrock's Road to Ragnarok and here, here's the thing 
So tomorrow we got we got a Q and A at Santa Lucia's. Uh, su- Sundays at uh, Comic Con. Uh, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. You're both uh, Comic Con. Okay, so make sure C four can. Uh, Central Canada Comic Con at the uh, RBC Convention Center. We're going to Palomino Club right now. Palomino Club's right next. Now. So, yep. so Friday night, Palomino Club, uh, all weekend long at Comic Con. We also got a uh, Q&A at Santa Lucia on Main Street tomorrow at noon. So, a lot, lots going on. Uh, hey, thank you so much. And, uh, and anytime you want to come back on the show... I'm sorry. Are we calling you the world's most dangerous man? Because it yeah. seems more like the hey, world's hey, nicest hey, man. Hey, it's Shamrock October. Come on. Man. <laughs> it's Shamrock October. Hey, it's just I like I it. told you, brother. When I get in the ring, that's my fantasy world, and I am the world's most dangerous man when I get in that ring. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate no it, man. Thanks. Thank you.